Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Songwriters on Process podcast. My name is Benno Papari, and since 2010, I've run the Songwriters on Process website, where you can find more than 200 conversations with songwriters about the creative process. I'm not here to talk about tour stories, band drama, how a band got its name, or favorite foods. My goal is to treat songwriters as writers, plain and simple. This is an intelligent conversation about the writing process between two writers. And today's conversation is with Shana Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is also a member of the band La Luz, and uh, please check them out. I'm a huge fan of the band. But this is also uh, this is a conversation with Cleveland about her new solo album, uh, which is called Manzanita. And I know I'm feel, feel like I'm talking hyperbolically, but it is also fantastic. It is it is so good. Uh, please check it out. Uh, her poetic lyrics. Uh, her guitar work on it, uh, finger picking is fantastic. Um, and we talked about that creative process and, in, well, her process in general, but also the process behind the album. Um, but first, we talked about our shared love of poetry. And I don't interview uh, many songwriters. Gosh, I mean, I can probably count on one hand the number of songwriters I've interviewed who are, uh, uh, who read poetry. And we talked a lot about our shared love of poetry. And I'd lamented how songwriters don't read poetry and i think that they should but that's another issue and um she's also a big fan of lee young lee who is one of my favorite poets we got to talk about him too um and listen the influence that that writers i mean she's such a well she reads all the time and it's so obvious given her lyrics i mean there's a always a clear link between songwriters who read a lot and the depth of their lyrics and you'll see that here um but we also talked about this will give you a sense of where she's coming from and what her day is like. Nap time is the best time to write songs. Not her naps, but her her kid, um, her child's nap. And we have four kids, so I know what it's like. And having four having kids makes you very disciplined as a writer. Um, and uh, you know that's the reality. And uh, having kids, you don't have all day to sit around and write. You've got between naps and. And, you know, maybe the middle of the night sometimes. Um, and and what I found interesting is and I'm the same way is that I find that I get my best work done when I'm under pressure. And um, her exact quote was all the time in the world is too much pressure. In other words, when she's when she find that she has an hour or two hours between naps, that's when she gets her best work done. And she said she can write just as many songs in a shorter period. And she realized that about herself. But, you know, if you have all that time in the world, that's too much pressure. But if you've got to get it done, it's amazing what you can get done. And, you know, I, I don't interview many women uh, who are also um, working mothers. Uh, you know, I had this conversation with Allison Russell talking about how she's a working parent, she's a working mother, and the demands that being a parent also has on you as a songwriter and how difficult it is to create when you just don't have a lot of time. Uh, but with that in mind, she also said, I need to wander before I get to anything good. So um, lets her mind wander before she gets to anything good. But again, you can't wander too much when you don't have a lot of time during the day. Although she said she do likes to write outside and uh, in an office chair. I love that. I just imagine her, pulling an office chair out to write outside, but, um, great conversation. I mean, I'd love when I get to talk literature and 
and and writers with songwriters. And again, Manzanita is the new solo album by uh, Shana Cleveland, and it is fantastic. So be sure to listen to it when you get a chance. And with that, here is my interview with Shana Cleveland. My first question is someone who, you know, you create all the time and, you know, you know, visual art, music, writing. Do you think it's important in some fashion to create every day? Uh, you know, I, I heard this interview with Bruce Springsteen with Howard Stern a couple of months ago and Howard Stern asked him, do you write every day? And Springsteen said, no, because sometimes I have nothing to say. And I thought that was really surprising. Someone like him would say that. So where do you fall? I guess, is it important to create in some fashion every day, even if you, you don't, you're not feeling it? I, you know, I don't write, I don't write every day. Um, I, I hear, I, I've read interviews with people who say they write every day and I have so much admiration for that. And I always think, yeah, I got to start doing that, but I don't do it. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I really like to get some space. I don't like to feel like I'm forcing myself. Um, I really like when I sit down to to feel like I want to be there. So yeah, I don't. I've one thing that I would like to say I do is play guitar every day. I feel like I could do that without feeling like I was kind of forcing it. And I don't really do that either. <laughs> I feel like I'm really productive, but I don't know if I have I don't have that my discipline doesn't go like that. It doesn't, yeah, force me to sit down and write every day. And I do hear songwriters say that. I mean, that they don't write every day. But so do you get anxious? You know, some songwriters tell me that if they don't write for a while, you know, they get anxious. And so I guess, how do you know when it's like stick to songwriting then? How do you know when it's time? You know, is there something inside of you or is it something where you think, oh, I heard that. I read that. I saw that. I'm going to write about that. How do you know if you're not writing every day? When do you know is that time to sit down and write? Um. I, I mean, lately, since I've had, since I have a three-year-old, it's, it's really, it's a, it's kind of a different answer. It's, it's like when I have time, you know, <laughs> when I have time to do that is when I write songs. I, strangely, I, I feel like I haven't my, you know, I haven't really slowed down with writing songs, but I've, I've definitely had to be a, a lot more, um, intentional about when I do it. I can't, it, you know, it just used to be so casual. I could sit down anytime and play guitar. And, and now it's like, all right, I, maybe I'll have an hour in the middle of the day during nap time, you know? Um, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just kind of when, you know, I can't say that I'm just totally following the muse or whatever, because, it is really dictated by a pretty strict toddler schedule at this point in my life. And yeah, I mean, have as someone with kids too, I find that having kids made made and has made me much more disciplined uh, because when you don't have kids and you think, Oh, I've got, you know, a lot of free time. And then, as you said, it's like, you're not joking when you say nap time is the time to write songs, you know, because you know, that you only have an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 it has been really surprising to me that um, I can still write just as many songs in a sh much shorter window of time. I feel like I heard an interview once with uh, Doug from Built to Spill, where he said that um, he, something like his favorite songwriters were people who had day jobs. And I thought that that was, that is kind of similar, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, if you have all the time in the world, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's too much pressure. 
And I will create, so I know that about myself where I will create false deadlines. So as part of my process, so false deadline isn't, oh, you know, right for an hour, start the stopwatch. How much can I, if I have nothing to do after that hour, it's not really a deadline. But um, but what I'll do is I'll say like, if I have a, like a meeting, you know, like at 11, I won't start writing until 10. Now, what I'm writing has nothing to do with that meeting. That would be, you know, career suicide, but it's still a hard stop. And I know I learned that about myself because I go to New York uh, often for work and it's like a two hour and 45 minute train ride. And I will get more done on that train than if I sat here for two hours and 45 minutes, because I know I have to stop, put my laptop away. And in a way it's kind of oddly comforting to know that I, oh yeah, it'll get done because it has to, it has I have no choice. Right. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I think is it's amazing what you can get done. If I just say, okay, you have an hour go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's why I like to write in, you know, I really like to write in with the, like a collection in mind, I like with an album in mind and, and most of the albums that I've written have been in this really, you know, specific brick of time, you know, or, and then when, once I get in that zone where I'm like, okay, I'm writing this album, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is what I'm doing. And I, this month or whatever, but I don't always give myself a deadline. Um, but just the idea of that I, I am working on this collection feels like enough structure. It just needs some sort of structure, I guess. It feels too, too overwhelming to just say, yeah, all right. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see what songs fit together with what, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that that's sort of, um, in lieu of a deadline, I sort of give myself that, okay, right now I'm working on this album. And that seems to be enough motivation for me to, uh, to really concentrate on, on that task. You know, you mentioned poetry. I'm thinking about that day job thing. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, speaking of poets, I think like William Carlos Williams, he was a physician, I think. And Wallace Stevens, I think was an, an insurance executive. I think if I have that correct. So I, I'd have to go back and think about like how that affected their, like what their process was, because they had day jobs, obviously. Yeah, I love William Car- Carlos Williams. So not to put you on the spot, but what, <laughs> what, what did you like about, what do you like about his writing or maybe some of your favorite poets? I'm going to have to go back because I'm just like, what, well, I know that I remember him being one of my favorites when I was yeah. in school, but it's been so long since I read him. I, I remember reading a lot of, I was really into prose poetry when I was in school. It's like, and just kind of the, the oddball prose poets, like uh, James Tate, Russell Edson, yeah. uh, Charles Simic to some extent. Um, yeah. Just this, these sort of like dream landscapes. I loved those. I felt, I've always been inspired by dreams and I, I felt, I was so excited to see, um, to see these writers that were writing these, just like these little chunks of fantasy. Um, yeah, those are my favorites that I can remember. And now I'm mostly reading nature poetry for the first time in my life. I'm just really into like Gary Snyder. Um, Gosh, I can't remember. There's this other guy who's so intense. I can picture his face on the book cover. And he was from California too. I think feel like, yeah, California nature poets are are really doing it for me lately. So a couple of comments. One, I interviewed, this is like one of my favorite poets is a guy named Lee Young Lee. And I interviewed him 
And it was like a dream because, you know, listening to him, you know, just the intensity of his words. And this is why he's a poet and I'm not, because he said that he had, I think that day he had gotten up and noticed when he got out of bed, you know, when I get out of bed, I see messy bed sheets. He got out of bed and saw the outline of his body and his wife's body in the rumpled bed sheets as he got out. And he wrote about that. And I was like, that's next level stuff, right? That's why that's what poets do. They notice the beauty in those things. I thought that was amazing. That's cool. He he taught at my uh my school for a little while. I went to Columbia in Chicago. Oh, that's he did. That's right. Did you ever? Did you? I didn't take no. All my friends. I was a poetry major, and my friends took his class, and I didn't get in. But <laughs> whoa, I am. I actually have. It's so funny. I saw him give a reading. This was like in the late nineties or something, um, and it was recorded on a cassette by the by the where he gave the reading, and I bought the cassette. I thought I'd lost it, and I found it like two weeks ago. I don't have a cassette player though. That's the only thing, but I have this oh. giving a reading and I've seen him a few times and uh, he's just amazing. But that is, that is, uh, that's great. You mentioned you're a morning person. I'm a morning person. How important is a ritual to you? I mean, for me, you know, there are certain times a day, certain things I have to have with me. Um, how important is a ritual, whether it's time of day, place, room, share, uh, you know, to your process? Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's very important. I do like to write outside. That is really important to me. Um, but I don't, but I don't have to, you know, um, I think that, you know, the most important thing to me is just to have a chunk of time where, where I know I won't be disturbed. And, um, cause I think I, I need to kind of wander for a while before I get to anything good. Um, but yeah, as far as where I write, what time, I, I would love it if I could just write in the morning every day, but I can't do that with my son. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. For me, it's just just knowing that I that I have this chunk of time, you know. Uh, can you write for long stretches? I mean, literally, like I'm good for about maybe 50 minutes or an hour hour before I just have to get up and walk around. But um, you know, can you write for long stretches? Um, I, you know, yeah, probably anything more than like an hour or two, I would probably need to walk around. I mean, just, I, cause I don't really write standing up. I, th- I feel like if I could like play guitar and walk around, I could probably write for longer, but yeah, after a while, you just kind of need to move your body or you start to go crazy. Do you, yeah. So, so share like, like for me, I don't know if you can see, but like I write here, but I revise in that chair. Um, <laughs> but I, because for me, it's important to separate those things, separate the writing process. Actually, if you really want to know, I actually downstairs is where I do kind of like the invention part of it, the pre-writing, you know, kind of the idea generating. So for me, it's important to separate those things. I don't like to associate this space with, with those other things. And so that's important to me, whether it works, I don't know, but to me, it's important to separate those things. So do you have ever, anything like that or is all, all those things kind of, do you have any special places you you write or does that not matter? 
I love to write outside just in the sunshine. That's my number one. And I love to write in an office chair outside. (laughs) I feel like there's just something that's just a little funny right off the bat that kind of loosens me up about just kind of like I'm going to the office, you know, and then I'm just drag this office chair outside and Um, but the outside part is the most important, you know, I could sit on the ground. I don't necessarily need the office chair. That is, so I'm picturing you just actually dragging an office chair outside and sitting outside an office chair. (laughs) That is hilarious. Um, are you a, here's the big question, pen and paper person or a computer person when it comes to lyrics? Uh, pen and paper for sure, but I get a lot of ideas. I mean, most of the early stages of songwriting is done on my phone. It's just talking into my phone, singing into my phone, playing little bits of uh, guitar part on my phone, and uh, you know, saving it into uh, just the the insane maze of my voice memos. <laughs> I was going to bring that up anyway, but since you brought it up, I it it. This is what I hear from songwriters. There are hundreds, if not thousands of voice memos on their phone with no organization whatsoever. And I just imagine you people frantically scrolling through saying, where is that idea? So, but some of the, some people, I, I, some, because some of them say that like that, because what that does is as they're scrolling, they may find an, oh, actually that's not bad. I'll get back to that later. So yeah, organized or not. Yeah. I mean, a little of both. Like I, like (laughs) I was going to show you, but yeah, it's, it's like, I'd say 75, 25, um, disorganized versus organized. Um, a lot of these are just new recording 81, new recording 82, you know, and then there'll be, um, you know, acoustic, I'll say like acoustic or or there's a few of these. I'm just saying chords. That's not helpful at all. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Chords. Why would that be helpful? Um, but yeah, I do, I do kind of love it. Um, you know, the disorganization a bit because it does, it it is cool to just kind of, well, let's, yeah, let's see what chords is. Oh, I totally forgot about that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, maybe it didn't, uh, you couldn't figure it out at the set at the time, but later it's, you know, actually I know how to finish a song now, you know, circumstances are different. So yeah, I, I like that part of the process a lot. And pen and paper. I find that songwriters are incredibly loyal to the color of ink type of paper. So it, how are those things important to you with certain types? I no, not really, but I do. I have to write out, out the lyrics in pen and paper. I don't know. There's something so satisfying about that. And I'll have, I'll always have at least two pages, you know, I'll have like one page that's just, it's, things are just kind of written diagonally and sideways and like under things and really small and then big and just kind of like all over the page. And then there's just such satisfaction in then taking that once you've sort of figured out the structure of the song and, and just writing it out neatly, you know, on another piece of paper. So that to me is like, that's one of my favorite parts of songwriting actually is like taking that, that jumbled uh, page of, of words and then, and creating that, uh, you know, that finished piece that you can read and say, yes, I, I did it. I made sense of all of this. I've heard that too from people that the first iteration of it's incredibly chaotic. Uh, you know, maybe not even like lined paper, 
you know, Daniel Lanois told me he has 18 by 20. It's like 18 by 22 blank art paper. And he's like, it's, there's thought bubbles and lines and no order at all to anything. Um, So I'm curious why that works. It obviously works for you, but what is it about the chaotic nature that makes it work for you? Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, maybe it just has to do with not committing, you know, I'm not going to fool myself by like writing these initial ideas out really neatly. I'm sort of like a little idea here, you know, you feel like a little nervous about the idea. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that it's just a way of sort of not being too precious about it at the beginning stages and feeling like there's still flexibility and, um, cause that's such a huge thing. I think just like feeling like, um, yeah, I came up with this idea and it took me a while, but I can take it or leave it in the end. You know, I, I just like that feeling of, uh, I'm not going to pretend I know what this is just yet. I'm going to, you know, play with it a little more until it takes shape on its own. And I think I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think when I start writing and I'm not a songwriter, I'm a prose writer, but when I start writing, I don't think I have any right knowing what it's supposed to look like in the end. And, you know, when I was a professor, I told my students, like I, I gave them this, this essay uh, by Anne Lamott, the novelist called shitty first drafts. I've ever read it, but it's a great, and it's, that's the whole premise is the first drafts should be shitty. And how am I supposed to know when I start to write? I feel like if you have this idea of where it's supposed to go, you're not going to let, as you're saying, you're not going to let yourself deviate. And you're not yeah. going to explore, oh, as I write this, maybe this idea, you know, pops into my head. I've never understood that kind of, you know, people say it's, you know, they write one draft and that's it. And uh, my first drafts are atrocious too. I mean, I, I am, I, when I write, you know, if I'm in the middle of a paragraph and another idea comes to me, if that idea, if I feel like I'm good with that paragraph, I'll stop it cold and go to another paragraph. And I don't care about the order, but I just get everything out there. I think that's, we kind of sounds like we're talking about the same thing. You're just talking about songs in that sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you played the game Bananagrams? No. What is that? (laughs) It's just, it's a, it's just like a little game that comes in a little banana bag, (laughs) but it's kind of like Scrabble, but um, I I almost feel like it's, it's sort of a good tool for uh, training your mind to not be too precious about your first ideas because you just have to kind of change around the words. You come up with these words, you have to use all the tiles and then you keep getting new tiles. So you have to change the words if you're going to fit all the new tiles into the old words. And if you feel like, you know, oh, I got this 11 letter word, like I can't, I can't disrupt this word. Like you're definitely going to lose the game, you know, <laughs> regardless right. of how impressive it was. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like a game I play all the time or anything, but it has struck me when I've played it that, oh, this is actually a, a pretty good creative tool. Now, do you, I do find that a lot of songwriters tell me they get ideas when they're doing mundane activities, um, washing dishes, uh, God, I've, the answers are crazy, like vacuuming, cleaning, gardening, something about the mundane activity that just requires no thought at all that yeah. lets you, like Lauren Mayberry from Churches told me chopping vegetables, I think is what she said. Like she gets, and and Agatha Christie, the, the, the writer said, I think she said, the best time to plan a book is when you're doing the dishes. 
And so I'm curious, do you get ideas? Have you ever gotten ideas um, when you're doing some kind of mundane activity that lets kind of that subconscious bubble up to the front? Yeah, I feel like I, I, th- I think that that's why I like to write outside. I think that I just sort of it's maybe it's not as mundane as, as, uh, you know, cleaning, but I think that playing guitar without really having a destination in mind to me feels just like I can get to that point, you know, just kind of like, okay, I'm not going to plan to write a song. I'm just kind of going to sit here and, you know, not really concentrate on anything in particular. I think that that's usually how, how I come up with songs. So, yeah. So, uh, the other thing is how about, um, that moment right before sleep, um, there is there's a study that was done, um, and the study references Salvador Dali, and he would do this. It, this it was in like Smithsonian Magazine a couple of years ago, and there's a term for the period right before you go to sleep. You're not. It's not sleep. It's not awake. It's that hazy state. There's a term for it. But what he would do is he would sit in an uncomfortable chair holding a skeleton key with his arm out extended out from there's actually a picture of him like this. It's hilarious. And he'd have his arm out extended with a skeleton key and a saucer underneath. And when he would drift off, he would drop the key. It would make a noise. And then that's when he would paint Uh (laughs) because that in that hazy state is when we get those ideas. I'm curious. Does that ever happen to you at all? in those kind of hazy moments right before sleep. Yeah, I think, and and a, I mean, I think even more often, the moment uh, right when you wake up, you know, when you're not really fully conscious yet. Um, I that's I I can't help but wonder if that was real or if he was just <laughs> making that up. Though I mean, it seems like so much like something Salvador Dali would do. Like, <laughs> you know, a little skeleton key. And then I drop it and then I paint, you know, it's like such a, it's, it's such a funny image. Um, but you know, he was, he seems like such a freak. Maybe he really did do that. How about the role of movement, um, walking, anything like that. I find that walking, I run and I find that running is a very, um, you know, fruitful time for ideas for me. So do you get ideas? Um, you know, I'm not, not driving and planes and stuff like that, but just, you know, yeah. walking, running, biking, things like that. Yeah. Walking. Definitely. I, yeah. I, I, that's, I always hate to, to take my phone when I go for a walk, but I, the reason I take it is just, you know, I, if I come up with an idea, I want to be able to get it down. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I've definitely come up with a lot of, a lot of ideas while walking. And then when you revise, are you a, you revise, you a heavy reviser to your lyrics? Uh, I, I try not to be, I, I feel I like the, if I'm laboring too long over lyrics, I, I usually have to catch myself and, and force myself to put them away. Um, nothing good ever really comes from working too hard on lyrics, uh, for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, I do feel like the best songs that I've written are the ones that have come to me immediately, you know, and, and have required very little revision. So there's, there's a point, it sounds like there's a point where you go, okay, like, I think I'm overthinking this. I have to kind of set this aside and it, it's good to go. 
Yeah, it starts to just feel like it gets less true (laughs) if I, you know, the longer that I that I revise something sometimes. And um, and sometimes that's just, yeah, just leaving something and coming back to it later and having a fresh perspective and not having the weight of, oh, I've already been trying to figure out this song for a couple hours over my head, you know. I found, I recognize this about myself recently that if I finish something in the morning, I come back to it later that night, that same day, I'm not as willing to get rid of things. There's something about it that's too precious and it's really hard for me to cut stuff, especially if I know that I have to. But if I finish something at night and I wake up the next morning, there's something about, we talked about sleep, or there's something about that. I'm able to cut stuff Maybe because I don't recognize it as, I don't know what it is, but it's amazing what one night of sleep will do. Whether I don't know, I have no idea why, but when I get up that next morning, I can cut 200 words, no problem, but I could never have done it the night before. I don't know what it is, but I, it's, it, you know, again, I think I know that about myself. And so I will, you know, it, deliberately not revise that same day. I'll wake up the next day and it's no problem cutting stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I feel like I I get my best ideas in the morning. I I always feel like I just have this clarity. If there's a problem that I've been trying to figure out the answer to, whether it's a song or um or you know, anything, just an idea like, oh, what am I what do I want to do for this record release party? What's you know, just any kind of question that I'm sort of curious about it. I feel like the answer will always come to me in the morning before everything else starts coming in. Yeah. And don't you think it's important? I think it's important to know that about yourself. I mean, if if you know you're like that, why not take advantage of it and not force the issue, right? Yeah, I wish I could. I I long for the days (laughs) when Ozzy goes to school. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. Because my partner sleeps in and I wake up with... with, um, with him. And so that time is spent in the dark, you know, cause I'm not going to turn on the lights while Will is sleeping. And, and, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, he's going to be up soon. Um, I, I can't really take advantage of that time, but, um, I'll, I'll often just lie there in the dark and sort of type, <laughs> type things into my phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, in a perfect world, I would, I would wake up and I would just you know, get to it. I think that that would be my most productive. Yeah. Uh, when you're in a rut then and you find yourself in a rut, are there techniques that you use to kind of shake yourself from that? Or do you just walk away and come back or what do you have any, I don't want to call it writer's block. Cause that seems like it's too daunting, but when you're in a rut, are there any things that you do? I try to kind of Speaking of Dolly, I guess like like look to the surrealists for inspiration with that. Um, just like the automatic writing kind of techniques and games. And I, you know, I'll try, I'll open up a book of poetry and I'll just kind of point to a word and I'll say, okay, what if I put this word in here? You know, just try to kind of shake things up with with little tricks like that to to break, you know, myself a little free of the uh critical mind. That's interesting. So other types of art go to other types of art. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's, it's sometimes song lyrics, but yeah, usually, usually poetry. Um, yeah. Usually poetry. Um, well, Ernest Hemingway did say all writers should go to art galleries to get inspired. So 
Um, I, there's that. I, certainly worked for me art galleries are are huge that's that's the one thing i don't like about where we live now is there's no cultural institutions at all it's like big nature but no galleries or museums or anything like that yeah i find those places really inspiring too so uh, galleries are inspiring you for songwriting i you know i i guess so i i feel like it's not it's not direct you know but i I feel I just leave those places inspired, you know, and I know that that translates into a variety of different, you know, uh, vehicles, but yeah. Yeah. Well, on the new, I love the new album, by the way, it's fantastic. Really love it. Um, What was the easiest song to write? You know, does one, I'm going to ask you, it's a two-parter, the easiest and the hardest. And by the hardest, I mean, maybe one that you kind of, wanted to give up on but glad you followed through it so maybe we'll start is there a song that comes to mind yeah either of those extremes yeah i think uh well the song mayonnaise i wrote it was a melody that i heard in a dream so i didn't feel like i had to write it at all i think i just i woke up and i just kind of sung this melody and then i felt like it should be on piano and I don't know how to play piano. So I had to have Will, my partner will play it. And I was just kind of singing this melody, dream melody to him. <laughs> and so that one, you know, and then I, I wrote the lyrics, but I think those came pretty easily too. It was just, it's just felt like a song that just fell, fell out of my brain. Um, the hardest song to write. I'm going to look at the track list here. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. I honestly, I feel like, you know, in a weird way, I don't feel like any of these songs were particularly hard to write. I think um, they all felt really intuitive to me. And I think that, you know, it's part of it is like, I wrote a lot of these songs while I was pregnant and um, and the other half of the songs I wrote um, when I was in just sort of a similar uh, strange headspace. I think that like the, all the pregnancy hormones and just the psychedelic nature of that time really made it feel really easy to create. I felt like didn't, I wasn't, uh, I just didn't know what was going on. You know, I, I didn't, I felt like I wasn't a, uh, I couldn't say like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what's happening with me, with my body, with my mind right now. It was just kind of all up in the air. And I think that that was a really great state uh, to, to write songs in. So I imagine that you didn't do, I mean, if, if it was relatively easy, then you probably did do a lot of revising, right? I didn't do a lot of revising. No, I, I, little things, I think, you know, but a lot of these songs just sort of tumbled out and I didn't worry about what, I didn't worry much about what they meant at the time. Um, I think that I would go in and make small revisions based on where it already felt like the song was going, you know, and just kind of let that be the guide. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was, is I, I think that's always what I sort of strive for in, in songwriting. And it did feel a bit easier just being in this kind of, uh, you know, strange and, uh, strange mindset there's this thing called pregnancy brain that they talk about in the pregnancy books where it's like you know it's not a positive thing it's like oh you forgot your keys again kind of thing (laughs) but for me it was kind of it was sort of a positive thing (laughs) 
because I feel like it was that sort of airheadedness in a way it was, it was a way of like letting go of control um, that felt really nice in, during the creative process. So that's so interesting. So are there times of day when that it would be stronger, you know, when that pregnant, what pregnancy brain would emerge stronger than others? I don't think so. I, yeah, I, I, my pregnancy was not as predictable um, as that. Like, I think a lot of people get like, Oh, morning sickness, you know, or I don't even know if that's really necessarily in the morning. I didn't get that. <laughs> I never knew what was going on. I just felt weird all the time. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, yeah, I can imagine that's a great time to write songs. I mean, you feel right. I mean, it sounds like I can imagine it being very fruitful. Yeah. I mean, you really can't pretend, um, yeah, that you're in control or, or, or that you, um, you can't feel certain of much of anything. And so, yeah, that was sort of freeing. Yeah. Um, last question. So we talked about poets, but what about prose writers? Are there certain writers so I, I'm not a writer type person. Just my habits are when I read, a when I finish a book, my first instinct isn't, let me read, read everything by that person. It's, I want to get other voices in my head. So I, I don't have a favorite author. I really don't. It's more of like, I, I, I will read book reviews and, oh, that book, people say it's good. Is that a plot I like? And I'll buy it. And what are your reading habits as far as prose, prose, prose writers? Yeah, I I tend to go back to the same the same guys over and over again. Um like Richard Brodigan is a big one for me. I just started reading him in high school and I I just have never really found anybody like him and so I, there's a few of his books that just feel really special and close to my heart. Um big Vonnegut fan, you know, also started reading him in in high school, but it's just still he I, I don't know. I still go back to his books. I just love the humor and yeah. um, the empathy. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to read more. more. Um, I just don't, I, yeah, with the toddler again, I mean, yeah. affecting all aspects of my life. I don't have time. I've, when I have had time to read, I've mostly been reading Buddhist philosophy lately. Um, yeah. And just kind of stick into that. And that's it for the latest episode of Songwriters on Process. Don't forget, you can find all of my interviews with over 200 songwriters on my Songwriters on Process website at songwritersonprocess.com, going all the way back to 2010. You can read them, watch them, or listen to them. So until next time, thanks for listening. 